Good afternoon. I uh, hope you're all having a great day. Uh, and as we get into our daily Bible study today, reading through Matthew chapter 9, uh, I want to remind you uh, again, uh, if you're watching these videos, to please share them uh, and pass them along to your, your friends and family on Facebook. Uh, and also, uh, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to our podcast uh, version of this. That way you can get these delivered to your uh, mobile devices on a daily basis. Uh, if you don't get <coughs> excuse me <coughs> if you don't get notifications uh, on Facebook when we go live there's also a way that you can do that in fact in this video uh, on this video up in the top right there's a little menu that has three dots on it if you click on that you can then turn on notifications for when we go live so that you can get uh, notified that's kind of the point of notifications right so um, alright so let's get into our study today in Matthew chapter 9 uh, well, remember, uh, yesterday we left off at the end of Matthew chapter 8, <clears throat> in which the people of the region over there uh, in um, uh, the, the Gadarenes uh, asked Jesus to leave. They begged him to leave their region, and then we start off in chapter 9. And getting into a boat, he crossed over and came to his own city, his own city being Capernaum. That's where he set up his center of operations, if you will, for his, uh, for his ministry. Verse 2, <coughs> where's my water? <clears throat> Verse 2, and behold, some people brought to him a paralytic laying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He, said, he then said to the paralytic, Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and went home. And when the crowd saw it, they were afraid, and they glorified God who had given such authority to men. Alright, so, Jesus tells this um, paralytic that your sins are forgiven. He's challenged. Um, his authority is challenged. You know, who, how do you, you don't have the authority to do this. Um, what gives you the right to do this? <coughs> and, and Jesus, of course, knowing their thoughts, as we read there, um, responds to that thought that they're having to themselves. And he, he says, if I have the authority to do what I'm about to do, and that is to tell this paralytic to get up, pick up his mat, and walk, then I most definitely have the ability and the authority to forgive sins as well. And so the people saw this, and they glorified God, the text says, who had given such authority to men. And I think that's an interesting line. I think it tells me that the people didn't get it yet. Uh, and for the most part, even many of the disciples didn't get it for a very long time. I mean, the apostles didn't get it for a very long time. Um, some, for some of them, it took until the Holy Spirit came upon them in Acts chapter 2 uh, for them to finally understand what it was that they were doing and, and who it was they were with. Sure, they believed, but there was a lot of doubt. <coughs> Thomas, for one. You know, we know, know the story of doubting Thomas. And now we get to the call of Matthew. 
As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he rose and followed him. Immediately, there was no delay, he rose and followed him. <coughs> Get a cough drop here. <clears throat> and as Jesus reclined at the table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. And here's an interesting aspect of Christian living and of, of being a Christian, really, in that um, we, as Christians, we need to understand that though we have, uh, we are made righteous through Christ, it's because of Jesus' sacrifice for us and for those sins that we have that that um, that, that hope. But we realize that we're sinners. We realize that we are sinners in need of salvation, in need of <coughs> reconciliation to the Father. Um, and that's why we're Christians, because we need that. It's, it's necessary uh, for eternal life, of course. Um, and so we have um, Jesus calling Matthew to discipleship here. This is not the apostle. Um, ship yet, right? Um, as we talk about in our uh, study on the life of Christ, there seems to be two different stages, uh, at least in the earthly ministry of Jesus, in terms of discipleship. Actually, three. The first of which was just taking the opportunity to go listen to Jesus whenever he was near, um, or following Jesus for a short period of time. Um, and then there was this full-time discipleship in which Matthew was called, and, and Peter, and James, and John, and etc., they were called into this full-time discipleship. He, he, he asks them, and we'll, we'll get into that when we, we get there, he asks them to leave the things behind and follow him. And, uh, you know, there's, that was the full-time discipleship side of things. And then the third stage was the apostleship, um, in which they were given authority, they were given abilities <clears throat> to do uh, what Jesus asked them to do. Um, and so, uh, at least in Jesus' earthly ministry, there's those three stages. And as that applies to us, we are today expected to be in that full-time discipleship. Um, we, of course, are not apostles. We have not been given authority. We have not been given um, special privileges to, to heal the sick or to um, um, you know cast out demons or anything like that. We don't have that ability because only the apostles were given that ability and only the apostles could pass that ability on. Nobody after them <clears throat> could uh, pass those abilities on to anybody else. It was only the apostles through the laying on of their hands uh, <coughs> by which those gifts were, were provided. And so today there are no apostles. There, there, there is no ability to perform miracles or cast out demons um, as the apostles were given that ability. And so today, as, as disciples, we are, in many cases, still learning on a full-time basis, learning and following Christ. That, is our, that, is our, um, that should be our drive, um, so that we can always be training ourselves up in righteousness, as Paul says to Timothy, um, so that we may be able to present a defense for the hope that we have within us, as, as Peter says. <clears throat> but alas, um, Jesus continues his teaching. And so... 
In uh, verse 14, the disciples of John, John the Baptist, come to Jesus saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples don't fast? <clears throat> and Jesus said to them, <coughs> Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch tears away from the garment, and a worse tear is made. Neither is new wine put into old wineskins. If it is, the skins burst, and the wine is spilled, and the skins are destroyed. But new wine is put into fresh wineskins, and so both are preserved. And so Jesus speaks here, um, again, in metaphor. Um, and sometimes the metaphors that Jesus, is, Jesus uses uh, are, are difficult to understand. Um, and even in that day, and, and even today, in some cases, they're, they're a little bit hard to understand. But basically, the point of this is that um, you know the fasting was often done in in, in connection with mourning, um, and and deep prayer and and um, seeking, if you will. Um, but Jesus says, you know, we're not mourning right now; uh, we're rejoicing because the Lord is with us. Uh, and after uh, He leaves, then then they will fast in their in their mourning and in their remembrance. Um, and so um, there's. Um, a side of this too that I think goes back to um, what we talked about in the Sermon on the Mount regarding fasting. Uh, of course, fasting is something that we should all be doing and, and, and be finding um, opportunities to do it. But when we fast, we are not to do so so publicly. And, and as we see here with the disciples of John um, comparing themselves with the Pharisees saying, we all fast. Well, fasting's not really supposed to be one of those things that everybody knows you're doing. Um, and so there's something to consider there as well. Verse 18. While he was saying these things to them, behold, a ruler came in and knelt before him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. And Jesus rose and followed him with his disciples. <coughs> and behold, a woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for twelve years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. For she said to herself, If I only touch his garment... I will be made well. Jesus turned, and seeing her, he said, Take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. And when Jesus came to the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the crowd making a commotion, he said, Go away, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But when the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl arose. And the report of this went through all that district. So there's two instances here, and we're going to see um, some more here in a second, of faith, of belief, right? You have the ruler who came to Jesus and believed that if Jesus just laid his hand on his daughter, that she would be uh, alive again and, and, and made well. And the woman, the same thing. She believed. It says that she said to herself, this was in her brain, she just thought this to herself, if I only touch his garment... I will be made well. And we saw previously that Jesus can hear the thoughts of those around him, and he hears those thoughts, and he um, <coughs> turns to her and says, Your faith has made you well. And then, of course, we see the lack of faith of the crowd that was around um, the, the little girl who had died. Um, and then uh, when she was made well, of course, that would have astonished many of them. Uh, and word spread again of this uh, amazing man who was um, healing the sick, casting out demons, 
and preaching in, in God's name. So verse 27, we have another, uh, in, uh, another um, example of, of this belief. Verse 27 says, And as Jesus passed on from there, two blind men followed him, crying aloud, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it done to you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus sternly warned them, See that no one knows about it. But they went away and spread his fame through all the district. So again, we have two men, blind, uh, asking for, for Jesus' mercy. Uh, and we have this, uh, this question that Jesus asks, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Do you believe? I think there's an interesting um, application here for us as well. Do you believe? There are several things that we see um, throughout Scripture that Jesus continues to ask this question. Um, at the beginning of this chapter in verses uh, 1 through 8, we see uh, the forgiveness of sins that Jesus grants to this paralytic and there was belief in this paralytic he saw their faith do we believe today that we can be forgiven do we believe that Jesus can and will do as he says he will and forgive our sin or God will forgive our sins through obedience to the gospel and the commands of Christ now, actually feeling forgiven is not always the easiest thing, right? I think a lot of us, especially in, in human terms and in the way we uh, interact with our friends and family and, and loved ones, that you know, when we do something wrong and we ask for forgiveness, we still are, are burdened with that guilt. You know, we don't feel forgiven. In some cases, someone may say that you're forgiven, but deep down they really don't forgive you. <coughs> but Christ... <coughs> Sorry about that. Still trying to get over this ridiculous cough. Um, but Christ said that he wanted this paralyzed man to know that he had the authority to give uh, forgiveness of sins um, in, the, in the first few verses there of, of Matthew chapter 9. And by doing, and to show that, he healed him. And so um, he had the opportunity right then to know just when and how he was healed. And today, we too ha can have that confidence through the scriptures to know that we are spiritually healed, that we are forgiven, um, and we are reconciled to God because we know what the Word says. And there are several scriptures that we'll look at through this study to help guide us along that. Um, verse uh, 32 here. As they were going away, behold, a demon-possessed, or demon-oppressed man who was mute, was brought to him. And when the demon had been cast out, the mute man spoke. And the crowds marveled, saying, Never was anything like this seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, He cast out demons by the prince of demons. So now the Pharisees are twisting things. They're threatened. Right? They're, they are um, they are not liking what they're seeing, uh, because this man is able to do things that they're not able to do, I think is one of the underlying factors. And he's getting a lot of attention. 
And this is worrisome to the Pharisees and the scribes because that most of them have um, important places uh, in in the leadership of, of Israel, the, the council, the Sanhedrin, etc. And many of them, were, of course, were very wealthy from this. Um, and there's more to be said about that. But ultimately, <coughs> in being threatened by Christ, um, they start now spreading vile rumors and lies about about him and we'll look uh, more about more into that as well as we continue this this reading through the new testament verse 35 <clears throat> and jesus went throughout all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction when he saw the crowds he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd then he said to his disciples the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And if you look at the next section, that's when we start getting those laborers. As the apostles are appointed and called into their apostleship. Um, <clears throat> do you have a guide? Do you Are you a lost sheep wandering about without a shepherd? knowing that there is a need for a shepherd, knowing that you are lost and that you're looking for answers and guidance. Well, that's what the gospel is all about. That's what Jesus represents. He is our guide. He is our shepherd. And he brought about his kingdom, his church, on earth to be able to play the role of shepherd and leading others to Christ, to become part of the flock, to be a part of the sheep and not the goats that we'll read about later. What a glorious day it will be when we are all gathered together with the other sheep and be welcomed into our Father's house. <clears throat> if you have any questions about this study today or this reading, I encourage you to reach out to, to us. You can email us at info at loveland.church. Uh, if you desire further Bible study about becoming a Christian, you can email that same email address or you can reach out to me directly, minister at loveland.church. <clears throat> and as I mentioned before, if you'd like to uh, um, catch up on uh, previous studies uh, or subscribe to our podcast or perhaps read up about the Loveland Heights Church of Christ here um, and uh, listen to some previous sermons, uh, there's a lot of information on our website right there, loveland.church. You can go there anytime you'd like uh, and read what you need about the church and uh, um, check out our media section there where you can actually uh, go and listen to the previous Bible study um, podcast or, or um, live streams like this here uh, and also if you scroll down to the bottom of that page is where you can subscribe to the podcast but in that media section there are also um, our, our sermon series all of our sermons are recorded um, for uh, listening playback so you can always catch up on uh, what we talked about last Sunday um, and I hope you're able to join us this Sunday as we gather together for Bible study at 10 a.m. Uh, and then worship at 11, and we'll gather together again at 6 o'clock, too, for uh, a continued time of worship. Uh, but in the morning, we'll be going over a sermon about the cost of discipleship. Uh, <clears throat> we've been looking at disciples. Um, tomorrow, we'll look at the apostles a little bit. Um, and so we'll talk about this this cost of discipleship. That'll be our sermon topic 
on Sunday morning. So I hope you can join us for that. And again, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can either email us, info at loveland.church. You can leave a comment in the comments on this video, or you can message us privately if you'd like to do that as well on Facebook. I hope you have a blessed day, and I look forward to uh, joining you all again tomorrow. Take care.